ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Much, much, much to speak about this week. I know what you want me to talk about, and we're going to get to that. But there's some other things that are on my mind first. First and foremost, I have a praise report. All my fellow naturalistas can relate to this. About five months ago, I cut off the bad ends of my hair. You know, my hair is blonde. You can use all the best products in the world. I personally use Pantene. Shameless shout out. I'm the brand ambassador for Pantene Gold Series for 2021. They specialize in making sure your color-treated hair stays on your head. You can use all the best products in the world, but if you don't take care of your hair in other ways, it's going to split. It's going to break off. My hair was actually getting pretty long, but it wasn't very healthy. Some of my ends were a little raggedy. So I stopped doing that black girl thing that some of us like to do, which is we hold on to hair for length. I went ahead and got those bad ends off so that when I pulled my curls down, they didn't just stay down. They bounced back up. So my hair was blonde and healthy. And it's been staying healthy with Pantene. That said, I've had braids, blonde braids, several different colors. You know how I like to do. And I piled them up on this bun on top of my head. But the other day I took my hair down and I was like, "Woo!" And I had two months, a little more than two months of braids. And you know how they start to look a little raggedy after about six weeks or so. I did an extra two weeks. Like I look crazy. So I finally took my braids out and got some good deep conditioning in my hair. Right now it's twisted up. I release it into a glorious twist out. But I was so pleased when I got it cut. My bangs were to the tip of my nose. And now they're to the middle of my mouth. That's my praise report for this week. This Pantene got my hair growing, y'all. And not breaking off. So you can actually see the growth. My roots, that's a whole nother story. I got to get back to the East Coast and get to my girl. But actually, I think I might go dark again. Which is weird. Most people go light for summer and dark in the winter. I think I want dark hair again. I saw a picture of myself that I really liked. And I had dark hair in the photos. I was like, you know, maybe... Maybe dark hair again. But before I do that, I kind of want to do it blue and green. I know folks are like, Demetri, can you grow up, please? No, I don't want to. Shit. I sound a little different today. I'm on my third glass of red wine. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I was about two glasses in about an hour before I started recording. And people are like, go on, sis, have that third glass of wine. I took you up on that. I have several bottles in my home right now. I had a good day. I worked hard today. I had a launch of my merchandise for Don't Waste Your Pretty. Folks been blowing up my DMs and my emails asking me, Demetria, you say it like my mama said when she mad at me. Enunciate all the syllables. But y'all were like, where's, where's the restock of the Don't Waste Your Pretty merchandise? So I restocked the site earlier today. And I usually don't do drops on Mondays because Mondays and Thursdays are my recording days. I clear my schedule for everything. But I was like, let me go ahead and get the stuff out. So I did do that. And I was really worried when I woke up this morning. I was really worried about all the things that I had to do today. Because recording this podcast and then editing it does take quite a substantial amount of time. I know sometimes people are like, Demetria, I was looking for the podcast at midnight. Where where, where at, sis? Sometimes it just takes me a while. Work with me. I got a lot on my plate right now. But I had the podcast to do today and I had the merch drop and I wanted to go to the post office to make sure I got the early batch of orders out. So I I woke up this morning and like I usually do, I reached for my phone and I planned out my day. And I was like, Lord, literally, Lord, I talk to God all day, every day. We have informal conversations all day long. And I was like, how am I get all this done? 
And so the first thing I thought was like, well, let me get the podcast done. And then I worry about the merch. And, and then I sat down to record the ads. And outside my window, there are a bunch of trees. And there were workers cutting down the trees and then putting them into the wood chipper. And it was very, very, very loud. And I was like, I can't record right now. Let me go ahead and focus on getting the merch ready and then getting the site ready for the merch drop. It's, it's good that God ordered my steps in that way. Because I had things that I wanted to talk about on the podcast and I have a very special interview, one that I've really been anticipating sharing with you, but I wasn't sure what else I was going to say. So Derek Jackson, very popular relationship expert, Derek Jackson, a story broke over the weekend from Tasha with the K, who I just want to shout out. And I also just want to tell I'm not shit. Ain't no need to go digging in my past or my present. I'm telling you right now, I ain't shit. So if if you looking for some hypocrisy, if you're looking for some bullshit, I'm telling you now, there's plenty of shit to find lying out. But I'm not out here lying and pretending that there ain't. I just want you to know. So don't go digging on me, sis. She's like our local Daily Mail. Daily Mail is a publication that broke that Wendy Williams story that did a year long stakeout. And exposed that her husband had a whole house, a whole house down the street from her with another woman with his name on the mailbox. A nice house, too. But the Daily Mail exposed that story. And I was like, Tasha K sitting up in the United States operating as a single entity, exposing everybody. Don't come expose me, sis. I'm telling you now. I'm going to repeat it in case you didn't hear it the first time. I'm messy in my past and in my present. Don't come for me, sis. I don't want no problems. You good with me. I ain't got nothing to say to Tasha K. I ain't got nothing to say about Tasha K. Don't come digging in my shit, sis. But I'm just saying. I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but God ordered my steps. So if this podcast came out late and Derek Jackson could release that video, that hostage video of him and his beautiful wife, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some other things first, though. I want to talk about that editor at Teen Vogue. We spoke about her in a previous episode, Alexi McCammond. She was set to be the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue and some tweets that had come out once in 2019. They came up again after she was appointed to her new role, very prominent role. Editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue is a very big deal. My friend Elaine Welter-Roth, who I love, she was the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. Fun story about Elaine. She and I quit our jobs at the same time. I was at Essence and she was at Ebony. And our very good friend, which is how I met Elaine, Andrea Arterberry, who used to work with me at Essence, Blondie is what I call her. She's a black girl with blonde hair. But I met Elaine through her and she had a birthday party. I think it was her 30th birthday. And we went to the party and me and Elaine couldn't have any fun because we just both quit our jobs. We were like, what the fuck did we do? Oh my God. And Elaine shared her ambitions with me and I shared my ambitions with Elaine. And we were both like, girl, have we lost our minds? That's a good 10 years ago. I think Elaine turned out all right. She's currently a host on The Talk on CBS. Is that show off hiatus? Sharon Osbourne fucking up everybody's check with her nonsense. Was that the point? What was the point? Look, that's why I told you up front I had these three glasses of wine. I might lose the point a couple times in this episode. Just work with me. Just work with me. Lexi McCammon, that's what we were talking about. She resigned, quote and unquote, from her role at Teen Vogue. She had some tweets that were racist. Some folks say black people can't be racist. They talk about systemic racism. They say black folks don't have the power to be racist. We can be racist. We might not be able to be like racist in the systemic sense, but we can be racist. And the things that she wrote about Asian folk were were ungood. They were bad. 
If somebody was appointed to an editor-in-chief position and they'd written that about black folks, no matter when they wrote it, we'd be pissed. So I told you I had trepidation. I didn't like calling for a black woman's job. I know how hard we work and I know how often we're passed over for opportunities that we are well qualified for, overqualified for. So I don't like to do that. But what she did was wrong. And many folks say, well, it was 10 years ago. It was. And if she was up for a position other than leading a teen publication or, or leading anything to do with teens, I would say, you know what? 10 years. It was 10 years. But to lead a teen publication where you expect more of your readers at that age, and then at that age, you did not act like you were supposed to. And not just to think it or not just to say it, because we've all had ignorant thoughts. We've all said ignorant things, self-included. But to lead a teen publication, that wasn't the right look for her. So in the wake of the mass murder in Georgia, of those eight people who six of them were Asian women, in the middle of the Asian American equivalent of, of Black Lives Matter, she was, she was just the wrong person for the job. She might have survived it if it hadn't been a mass murder of the six women, but that happened. And so her job didn't. She's a smart girl, though. I do hope she lands on her feet. I definitely don't think she should have to pay the price for her 17-year-old tweets forever. What else is on my list? I wanted to talk about Ghostface and Raekwon, their verses. I tuned in late. I don't know what I was doing. But when I logged on, Raekwon was up there by himself. And I was like, oh, did, did they start late? And then I was told, no, they started on time. And I was like, Ghostface and Raekwon started on time? I guess because they're rappers, I just expected them to be late, which is my bad. They also grown-ass men who are about their coins. My bad for being late. But Raekwon was on by himself, and I like Raekwon. But then Ghostface came on, and that big, beautiful, lovely fur, I was in this loft by myself, y'all. I screamed like I was at a concert. I know my neighbors hate me. But Ghostface came out, that fur looks so beautiful. I think I have a thing for men in fur. Remember how I went crazy for Makai, not Makai Pfeiffer, Bokeem Woodbine in that beautiful black fur at the end of Queen and Slim? Remember how that fur just like blew in the wind so beautifully? I think I talked on here like five minutes about that goddamn fur. I really like men in fur. That must be from my mama's side because she's from Detroit. Men wear a lot of fur in Detroit, not so much D.C., but it's cold. Folks got to stay warm. You got to have your fur in Detroit. Hmm. I got my life to that versus. That's the point. In case that wasn't clear. That's the point. We need to talk about this Aretha biopic. Last episode, we had a great interview with my friend Patrice Covington, who plays Irma Franklin, Aretha's big sister, in the biopic. She did such a good job. She's not in the first episode very much, but she's very much in the second episode. And like to know someone and see their day-to-day energy and then see them acting like a whole different person where they just like become this role. It's like, oh shit, like my sis can act, act. Oh shit. Like you're not just getting in front of the camera and reciting lines. Like sis, you are bringing me character. You are embodying the spirit. I'm so pleased. I'm so happy for her. But that Aretha Franklin biopic is is much on much on much. I told you I watched that Aretha Franklin documentary, Amazing Grace, almost every day. Like at least a good three to four times a week. In the documentary, there is a clip of of Aretha's father, C.L. Franklin, and he comes into the church, but he is preceded by Clara Ward. I did not know that there was a relationship between C.L. Franklin and Clara Ward. I was like, oh, that's new news. But then you call home to the relatives in Detroit, the elders, and they be like, girl, that ain't no new news. Everybody knew that. God didn't tell me. You never asked. Oh, 
I didn't know to ask. Well, that's not my fault. Oh, I also didn't know. I knew before now because I started talking about the documentary and people were like, yeah, did you know? I did not know that Aretha Franklin had her first baby at 12. And I think she had another baby when she was like 15. I was like, what, 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 what kind of living were y'all doing? Wasn't nobody watching that child. And I knew she had children young. I thought, I thought young, like 16, 19. I didn't think like 12 and 15. My God. I didn't get to watch episode three and four, which came on tonight. They're currently airing, but I'm on here with you. I thought that was a little more important. But if it's not too late when I'm done editing, I'll watch those next couple episodes because I want to see more Patrice. Hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to talk about this Biggie doc on Netflix. I have it on my list. I'm going to save my conversation about the Biggie documentary because it's a little too deep and I'm not really in a deep mood right now. I just want to talk about this Derek Jackson thing. So Tasha with the K, who again, I have no beef with. Tasha, don't come for me. I don't want no more of my business circulating around the internet i got good and humiliated once i'm not trying to go through that again that was hell tasha with the k broke this story about Derek jackson she said that he's been cheating on his wife she did an interview with a woman who had pictures she said it was of Derek jackson's marital bed and i think the story came out on either late friday or early saturday and i said to myself i said self you're not gonna talk about this niggas cheat every day b If you dedicate your podcast to every time a man cheats, you're not going to have nothing else to talk about. I saw the the Sweetie and Quavo situation where they broke up allegedly because he was cheating. She said he was intimate with other people. She didn't say whether it was physical or not. I remember when everybody was talking about her because she she did a video talking about something about like if your man don't buy you a Birkin, then he ain't shit. And I was like, girl, Birkin bags cost $20,000. Now, Quavo, Quavo is a multimillionaire. He can afford a Birkin. That's like the equivalent of buying like a Dooney and Burke to him. It's nothing. But to the average dude, the average man, a Birkin is half his salary. If you're the type of girl who wants a Birkin, you should have a Birkin. Whether you buy it yourself or you find a man to buy it for you. But you can't be out here dating no dude on a $50,000 salary trying to get him to buy a Birkin. That's an unfair ask. Even $100,000. do not be out here trying to ask a man with a regular 9 to 5 to buy you a Birkin. But that's all I knew about Saweetie and Quavo before this breakup. She alluded quite heavily to cheating. She talked about betrayal. She talked about intimacy with other women. Like to me, that reads as cheating. As someone who's written between the lines before, I know what writing between the lines sounds like. The takeaway from so many men was like, yeah, Birkin couldn't keep her. And I was like, no, I don't think the, the Birkin was the issue. I think the cheating was the issue. And I think he was cheating and buying her like big ticket items, which in the grand scheme are nothing to him. He can afford it. It's a dent, but there's more money coming in. It's not like he's starving because of it. Come on. And at some point she was just like, I can't do this anymore. So she stopped doing it, which good for her. I just thought that was really weird that the takeaway was about a goddamn Birkin. I was like, it's not about the bag. It's about the infidelity. Y'all want to talk about everything except the infidelity. 
And men very well understand the pain of infidelity because let a woman cheat on them, they lose their goddamn minds. Men cheat and women go cry. Women cheat and men kill them. But men love to have a conversation about anything but infidelity. It just happened. Really? I'm going to ask this. How are you going to be out here talking about you want somebody to submit to you and you want to leave somebody, but you can't control basic urges? You can't control your loins. Let me tell you something about leaders. It's not do as I say. It's do as I do. If you want to find a woman who's submissive, you got to be a man worth submitting to. Better. If you want to find somebody who's submissive, you got to be a husband worth submitting to. The Bible don't say nothing about boyfriends and girlfriends submitting to nobody. It talks about a wife submitting to her husband. And the verse that everybody leaves out, it talks about a husband submitting to God. Men be out here talking about submission. Ain't got no types of religious practice. Ain't got no types of relationship with the Lord, but love to talk about submitting. Sir, you got to find something else to make you feel big in the world. It can't just be lording over your wife and kids. Maybe the kids. But you can't be out here as a whole hoe trying to lead anybody anywhere. You can't even properly lead yourself. How you going to lead others? And this all leads back to Derek Jackson. So let me say this first and foremost about Derek Jackson. I've never really had a problem with him as a relationship expert. As somebody who spent a great deal of their life in that realm, the better part of 20 years, I've been trying to get out. People keep sucking me back in. I'm like, I don't give relationship advice anymore. I don't do Ask Demetria. The only thing I got to tell you is know your worth, i.e. don't waste your pretty. And I say, find a lid for your pot. And what that means is, you know you. You know what works for you and you know what doesn't. Go find that thing that works for you. But there's a whole world of difference when you're dating somebody that's, eh, they're good, versus somebody that really does it for you. That's a lid to your pot. The hard shit becomes real simple. You're still going to argue because you're two different people with two different mindsets and two different outlooks. That's normal. You're going to have conflict. That's just life. But just the basic shit, when you're with the person that you really want to be with and who really wants to be with you, most of the silly shit gets eliminated. Back to Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson cheated on his wife. He dropped a video earlier today where he confirmed as much and was like, yes, the things that you've heard are true. I cheated on my wife. It wasn't just conversations. Like I went full throttle. I was out here cheating with multiple people. He had his wife by his side. I don't follow Derek Jackson. He's had multiple videos that that have gone viral. So like, I know who he is. I can pick him out of a lineup. I, I know his videos from sitting in his car, which I always thought was weird. I was like, you don't never go inside. But he had his wife sitting by his side. I'd never seen the lady before. I read that he's been married for like four years. Um, hmm. Fuck it. Th- that video, it looked like a goddamn hostage video. He's gripping the woman's hand for dear life. And look, ladies, ladies, sometimes men cheat. I don't think all men cheat. Some women have a tolerance for it. Some don't. It's your life, your relationship, your business. If you want to stay with a dude who's cheated on you, so be it. I don't want to see no more videos of women sitting up with their husbands, absolving them of their fucked up behavior. I was going to say indiscretions, but it's a little more than indiscretions. Don't be sitting up in these goddamn videos, though, because every single time we've seen one of these videos, it's usually politicians, ministers too. John Gray and his wife did it. But every single time we've seen one of those videos, the wife is sitting up there looking like a goddamn prop. And everybody watching just wonders, why are you there? Where's your self-esteem? And I understand this is your husband. This is your partner in life. You don't want to leave. You ain't got to go. But sis, go wait in the green room. Go, Go upstairs and take a nap. Let him record that video on his own. 
Shit, stand behind the camera and tape him. Zoom in when appropriate. But you sitting up there, it don't make the man look any better. All anybody ever does is focus on the wife and they analyze her facial expressions and body language. Kobe and Vanessa, Bill and Hillary, Kwame Kilpatrick and his wife. It's a long list of people who've done it. But Derek Jackson had old girl. Actually, let me show some respect. That's his wife. She didn't do anything wrong. His shenanigans are on him. Derek Jackson had his wife sitting beside him. He looked like he went and grabbed her straight from the war room where she was praying about her marriage and just dragged her up in front of the camera and was like, sit down, say this. And I was like, sis, is he hurting you? I say that like I'm joking. I'm not. She got in front of this camera and they recorded this video. I don't know how many takes they did, but they should have done more. It's the first time we've really seen your wife, sir. I was told that what she had on her head was not a bonnet. It was a hat. I was like, it looked like a bonnet. It looked like what I got on right now as I'm taping this podcast at 11 o'clock. I got on my soft clothes. Ma'am got in front of the whole camera in her housewares. Ain't have on a stitch of makeup. Not that she needed it. She's a pretty girl. Everybody don't like to do a whole face. Now me, when I go on camera, I like to put on my brows at least. I like to put on my Fenty, a little lip gloss. But everybody's not me. I fully accept that. Ma'am didn't have on her brassiere either. Like, you know your husband got a million followers. You know the video he about to post is going to go viral because everyone's talking about this. You know, you know more than most because you're in the center of the storm. I looked at it and was like, yo, this is a setup for fucking failure. When a man cheats, the woman always takes the blame. You remember when um, Fuqua, Antoine Fuqua, he got caught out there cheating with Nicole Murphy. He's wholly married to Leela Rashawn, been married for like a good 20 years. And people went back and found Leela Rashawn's current pictures and they were like, well, look at her. She don't look how she looked 20 years ago. He don't look like how he looked 20 years ago. Shit. Well, people went and looked at Leela Rashawn and they said, well, look at her. And then look at Nicole Murphy. That's why he did that shit. Same thing with A-Rod. Jennifer Lopez looks fucking amazing. But people went and looked at the woman that A-Rod was allegedly cheating with. And they were like, well, she's young. She's hot. Maybe he wants more children. Jenny clearly can't. Any excuse to not hold a man accountable. You know how it goes. You're a man. You know how men do. You set your wife up for failure. You don't do that to your person. Especially your person who's coming on a video and helping you save your brand and absolving you from your fuckery. You don't do that. But he did it. It just opened the door for people to be like, oh, that's why he cheated. Because, you know, because she don't take care of herself. He knew that's what people were going to say. Did she know? I don't know. Even if you go on her page, she doesn't really post many pictures about herself. She does post like some weird despondent shit. She was posting something about watching porn. And she was like analyzing the women's bodily secretions. Did y'all see that? Let me see if I can find it. This is from February 25th. And she said she found, quote, video pictures and so on of women I knew, women I didn't know, women who were quote and unquote friends, dark skinned women. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but all right. I was filled with a demon of rage, murder, suicide, depression. She said, add videos of women and sexual acts to the equation and you have yourself a ticking atomic bomb. She says, because I had the spirit of obsession, this creature had me in a forever loop of studying film of these women sexually. My sight would be hyper-focused on the consistency of their bodily fluid during penetration. 
And with this, the spirit of comparison added its two cents, telling me you don't secrete like this. That's why she has what you want. I would focus on her skin, how many blemishes she had, if any, if she was waxed or not, how flexible she was, how she responded verbally in the midst of the act, hair color, positioning most common in the experience and more. These images, live action images were on repeat in my brain day and night. Obsession and comparison together is an oppression that only the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can deliver. I felt like trash every day. It became such a torture box from the pit of hell that I knew other women's sexual likes, pleasure spots, pillow talk better than I knew myself as a whole being. This reads like um, the poem Beyonce quoted in Lemonade. Sis ain't all right. Sis ain't all right. This is a cry for help. Her girls, her sisters, her mother, somebody need to go get her. Release this hostage. Release this hostage. What's the ransom? I'll start the GoFundMe myself. Free this woman and, and get her some goddamn help. Jesus. You know, he was actually making jokes about this on the Internet, about her being a hostage and about her bonnet. Like He was going in different people's comments. I saw he responded to Jesse Wu. And I'm like. You just got outed for cheating on your wife. Your wife is in shambles right now. And you got time to make jokes? Like, like, is this a game to you? The whole video was a bunch of bullshit. He talking a fucking mile a minute. And then he's like, okay, babe, do you have anything to add? And she's like, yeah, you know, like all these things that you've heard about. Like I knew about them. And when I found out I left and now I'm back and everything's good. And we've worked through this. And I saw a change in him and actions. And okay, okay, okay. When I talk about these things, I'm not talking from sitting on a high horse looking down at anybody. I'm talking from present me looking back at past me who been through some shit. It's one thing. When some shit happens behind closed doors. It's another thing when that shit becomes public knowledge and the whole fucking internet is talking about it. It's humiliating. That woman right now is in sheer hell. And for him not to realize that and to have her sitting up there in that video, because you can't tell me she wanted to be there. There's no woman in her right mind, even one who decides to sit with her husband while he confesses to all the women that he's cheated on her with, one of which who might have been in her marital bed. No woman in her right mind is doing that without her hair laid, without her face beat, without her outfit right, without her goddamn bra on. I know folks will be like, oh, you know, she's a Christian woman. Girl, I go to church. Then women be dressing. You gonna sit up next to your man who looks like that in your house clothes? I saw somewhere that there were two videos. They released this video, but there was also a live. And they both said that the live was her idea. Lies from the pit of hell. What you tell that woman you was going to do if she didn't agree to this live? That's what I want to know. Is you telling me things are all patched up and good. I'm looking at the way you gripping that lady hand. That's not all good. No. No. That woman was under duress. Under duress. Now, I'm not saying the woman looked bad. She's a cute girl. 
And again, there's nothing wrong with the way she actually looks. I'm not trying to say anything bad about her. She looks perfectly acceptable to be praying in the war room or to be cutting collars or washing chicken at the sink. Perfectly acceptable for just around the house wear. But when you get on camera with your husband, my mother hates when I tell this story. She's going to be mad that I told it. And I won't tell you where she said it because she's not proud of what she did. But I remember her doing it and I always kept it in my head. We were at an event and a man came in, a man that was well known to us. He looked good. He always looks good. He's a good looking man. He was dressed very nicely. What the old folks would say, clean as the board of health. His wife, also at the event, showed up with him. She didn't look put together. And my mom, being a long married woman at the time, I'd say a good 20 years, she went and spoke to this woman who was younger, who was relatively newly married. And she told the woman, she said, look, when your husband come out looking clean as the board of health, you need to match him. Don't ever let nobody look at your husband and then look at you and be like, why is he with her? You know you got an attractive husband. You, as a woman, know what folks is going to say if you're not dressed to the nines on this video. You, as a man, know what folks is going to say if your wife ain't coming out looking like something on this video. But you got her out there as your prop. She is in her own fucking world right now. She don't know up from down. She's lost. The whole world knows her husband cheated on her with multiple women. Someone, if not him... A friend, a mama, a auntie, a girlfriend, somebody should have had the good sense to tell her, no, sis, we got to zhuzh you. If you're going to do this, this crazy shit, we got to zhuzh you and make sure you're looking right when you get in this video. He knew better. You say you're going to be a partner to somebody, you got to be a goddamn partner. If she's going to come up there and absolve your sins, you do right by her. What he did wasn't right. Now, there's a type of woman who would sit there and be like, let me help this man save his brand. Because if he ain't making no money and I leave, I'm taking half of nothing. So let me make sure he can still get his income. There's a type of woman that thinks like that. And I'm not mad at that type of woman. That type of woman is not the type of woman sitting on that video. That type of woman is embarrassed and humiliated and horrified by what her husband's done. She did that whole ramble about like, I knew and then he did changes. And then the type of man who's made changes in his life wouldn't have you sitting up in a video to absolve him of the stupid shit he did. He would sit there and take that shit like a whole grown-ass man he is. I am really disappointed in him for this, to be quite honest. I'm keeping it 100. I thought... I thought he had good sense. And I thought, branding-wise, he was smarter than this. Because this exact same incident happened to one of my friends. We talked about this on here too. Josen wrote a piece for Level about a year ago, give or take, where he was like, yo, I cheated on my fiance. She found out. She told the internet about it in a very public post. It went viral. And he was like, since then, I've been unable to get a job. Because when people Google, the first thing that comes up is I cheated on my fiance and I look like a man of low character. I can't, I literally cannot work because of cheating on my fiance, not just work in the relationship realm. He had a blog that talked about relationships. He was well known for talking about relationships, but you saw what happened with Josen. He lost not just his relationship career, but his ability to hold a job. Bruh, I thought you were smarter than that. 
also thought you respected women more than to do what you just did to your wife. Maybe you don't see it. One more thing about Derek Jackson. So when John Gray got caught in his first cheating scandal, Derek Jackson went really hard at John Gray. And John Gray loves to respond to people. John Gray came in my DMs about something I said. But Derek Jackson went for John Gray. They had a back and forth. I remember him saying something. And then John Gray responded. And then Mrs. Gray came for Derek Jackson's neck. And we were like, you're criticizing the man who's criticizing your husband for cheating on you? Huh? We thought she might have a hostage situation too. But she got a Lambo. So she was, you know, there because she wanted to be. Look, Derek Jackson's wife, it's Monday. If that chick don't have a Lambo truck by Friday, I'm mad. On her behalf. You going to sit up there looking like a hostage being embarrassed all over the goddamn internet? You better get something out of it, sis. Maybe you getting an upgrade on a diamond. You better be getting something out this shit. It better be more than just you saying you got a husband. Because a husband can be a blessing. Don't get me wrong. A husband can absolutely be a blessing. I know many happily married women. Their husbands are blessings in their lives. The cheating ass husband ain't no blessing. It's a husband. But it ain't no blessing. But John Gray popped up on the shade room. He a whole pastor popping up on the shade room. I don't even comment on the shade room. I mean, I read the shade room, but I don't even comment over there. Good Lord. Ratchet and respectable. Got to have a balance. That's too much for me over there. But John Gray said, hey, Derek, (laughs) you remember when I responded to your words about me? Remember when I posted videos about you? Neither do I. To be clear, I've slept with one woman in my life, my wife. But that quote now in caps does not absolve me of the wrong I did do. Any interaction or communication with anyone was wrong. My failures are mine and I have gone through and continue to go through counseling to address the vast empty places that led me to behavior that is anti-ethical to how I was raised and what I believe. Hmm. He actually sounds like he turned a new leaf. Good for him. It's about damn time. He could have turned that leaf before he was trying to make them beans for Mary. Y'all remember that? That's neither here nor there. John continues, I've learned in life that everyone gets a turn. Lord knows I had mine. I hope there's not another one. I've been through enough. I don't want to go through no more. But John said, I learned in life that everyone gets a turn. When it was mine, I didn't obfuscate my wrong by addressing what I knew about others. I kept others' names out my mouth. (laughs) Where's John Gray from? Because he's talking that street shit now. That ain't no pastor shit. That ain't his pulpit shit. That's his corner shit. He said, I kept others' names out my mouth. Maybe it'd be wise to do the same. Ain't shit niggas talking ain't shit niggas in public. Okay, all right, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. He sounded good in the statement. I hope he doing better by his big coat. And don't get mad at me for saying that. That's what he called his own wife. Called that woman a goddamn North Face on national television. And I think that was before the first cheating scandal. Because, again, there was at least two. I hope these folks do better. Because I've been the wife in this situation. It sucks. My sympathy and empathy, there's a difference, goes out to Mrs. Jackson. I hope sis is okay. I know we kiki a lot on here. Sometimes we talk crazy shit. But I hope sis is okay. The woman who writes these types of things on Facebook, it's not okay. The woman sitting up in that video with her circulation being cut off. By the man gripping her hand, her husband. Sis ain't okay. I want sis to be okay.
And if she can be that with her husband, so be it. But if she got to go, sometimes it takes people some time. Let me say this before I conclude. We're not going to do the interview that I talked about earlier. We're going to push that. Oh, it's such a good interview, too. If you were a woman who's sitting in fuckery, just understand nothing changes until you do. All the hope in the world, all the war room praying. I mean, God is a powerful God. God can change things. So can you. But if you sitting up in a heap of shit, sis, get out. I'll tell you firsthand, the shit ain't easy. It takes approximately two and a half years to rebuild your life. I went through hell, hell in the marriage, leaving the marriage, rebuilding my life. Lord God, I done ran so many miles on the goddamn treadmill, listening to gospel music, crying in the gym in the middle of the day, marching around the hills in my parents' neighborhood, listening to gospel music. That's all I could listen to for a really long time. Gospel music, whether you believe in God or not, is the music of hope. But I used to listen to, what's his name? Vashawn Mitchell It's turning around for me. It can turn around for you too. I was on the brink, but I knew I deserved better. God hadn't brought me that far to drop me off there. You got options. They might not be the options you want. They might be hard choices. But I promise you, after all the shit I went through, that long ass divorce, that aimlessly wandering around the suburbs, just fucking lost. There's never been one fucking day I wished I was still in Brooklyn in that house. There's better for you if you want it. You can get it. So that is today's podcast. Didn't quite go in the direction I thought, but you know, it rarely does. I plan these things out and they go entirely different directions. Anyway, there's a restock of Don't Waste Your Pretty merch on the site. We also have teas. The ladies down in Florida and in the Caribbean was like, sis, I can't wear no hoodie. Hoodies are not practical for our lives. Give me a t-shirt. I've done that. Ratchet and Respectable merch is on the way. We're playing with color schemes right now. I'll let you know how that goes. I'm tired of being practical. I want to do like weird shit like purple and green or like blue and orange or or like green and white since that's like the actual colors for the podcast. But if you want Don't Waste Your Pretty merch, it is available on the website, Demetria L. Lucas. And if you want some Ratchet and Respectable in your life between now and Friday, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Demetria L. Lucas. It's not everything because we're not doing the interview, but we'll get to it on Friday. No worries. It'll keep. Talk soon. Bye.